This is The Light Inside. I'm Jeffrey Biesecker. The Earth. Not only is it our biological home, it also anchors us to our metaphysical and spiritual perception of place and being. As children, these effects were undeniable as we wiggled our toes in the sand or walked barefooted through our yards. We felt connected, energized, and alive. A strong bond with our origins coursing through our being. The Earth and us, one. We join land-based somatic guide Jonah Jensen as we step into this conversation on the popular healing practice known as earthing or grounding. This ancient spiritual ritual allows us to directly connect our bodies with the earth and use its natural electrical charges to stabilize us, resulting in renewal, restoration, and centeredness. The land and us are one. The earth is the mind of the people as we are the mind of the earth. Through her, all life flows. Find out how to tap into the ritualistic and healing powers of earthing when we return to the light inside. To the indigenous people of the American continents, our connection to Mother Earth is far deeper than that of conservationists. All life flows through her. The Earth. Not only is she our home, she is our mother. There is a power in nature that we as human beings have grown to ignore. Throughout history, indigenous societies have espoused the Earth's powerful healing benefits, describing it in varying ways. For example, in Chinese medicine, the term qi is defined as the vital energy that fills the universe. This belief in the study of the Earth's natural energies could also be found in Europe in the 19th century. In 1891, Louis Kuhn published The New Science of Healing. Then Adolf Just wrote Return to Nature in 1896, which encouraged people to begin walking barefoot outdoors. A decade later, George Starr White, an American medical doctor, began investigating the use of sleeping while grounded, doing so connected to copper wires affixed to home pipes. This was believed to improve the quality of our sleep. Modern scientists continue to advocate for the Earth's electrons' ability to balance our body's electrical current. This grounding technique continues to grow and get mainstream attention as people search for simple, inexpensive ways to heal themselves. Until a few generations ago, most humans walked and slept in direct connection with the surface of the Earth. Our modern lifestyles evolved toward wearing insulated shoes and sleeping in buildings that electrically insulated the body from the grounding plane. While some people intuitively sense that they feel better when they walk or even sleep directly on the earth, as on a camping trip, most of the population is more or less permanently isolated from the earth's electrical influences. Environmental medicine generally addresses environmental factors that hold a negative impact on human health. Again, as modern lifestyles separate humans from such contact, the research suggests that this disconnection may be a major contributor to physiological dysfunction and disease. In Colorado Springs, Colorado, where he stayed from May 1899 until early 1900, inventor Nikola Tesla made what he regarded as his most important discovery, terrestrial stationary waves. 
By this discovery, he proved the Earth itself could be used as a conductor and made to resonate at a certain electrical frequency, viewing it then as an unlimited source of natural energy. Reconnecting with the Earth's electrons has been found to result in interesting physiological changes and subjective reports of well-being. Earthing, or grounding, refers to the discovery of benefits including better sleep and reduced pain from walking barefoot outside or sitting, working, and sleeping indoors connected to conductive systems that transfer the Earth's electrons from the ground into the body. Simply stated, we often lose touch with our connection to the source. The experiences of anxiety, fear, grief, and stress can especially draw us increasingly inward to the point where we are lost within ourselves. As a result, dimming our own light from inside. Loyal to the land, shaped by the times we are in, and moved by the spirit of what's possible when we remember our belonging, somatic guide Jonah Jensen is here to tell us how we can benefit from the ritualistic practice of grounding. This modality is believed to rejuvenate, heal, and balance the entire nervous system, coaxing your natural healing forward. Jonah, you share how earthing or natural grounding can not only help us reconnect with our environment, it also helps us reconnect with ourselves and an expanded sense of our universal experience. That's how I'm going to term it today. Helping people heal through the natural wisdom of both the inner and outer landscape of body and earth. So often I feel we lose touch with that connection with body and earth. As a society, as we've grown, we've kind of lost our connection in a lot of ways. And we'll get into that. I'd like to look at how this can also become a functional method of coping with grief and trauma. Can you first share with us a bit about what grounding is from that perspective? Yeah, well, I'd just like to, I guess, first start with just thinking the wider forces, you know, that brought us together to to have this conversation and I hope that it's beneficial to, to many and that it that it gives some voice to the, the voiceless beauty of the natural world. I mean it's not voiceless, but I think because of sort of the forgetting and, and where we are during these times, it's uh forgetting and remembering and that remembering happening all the time. So yeah, just a little prayer of, of thanks to the to the mystery and into Mother Earth, into our relatives, and all the forces that brought us together today to have this conversation. So I'm so stoked about kind of what we were talking about just before getting on. And when I to kind of flow into, I think you're heading at the grounding part. Um, it, it's dimensional is the way I would answer that. And you know, there's the actual physical grounding of like having bare feet on the Earth, but there's relational context through our dimensionality that we, how we can receive the earth directly through the physical reality to where that informs our system and our psyche. So, you know, we have like our five senses, our sensations, our instincts, our emotions, our minds, and sort of the mythopoetic. And we have essential qualities of the self. So we, we know that dimensionality, the question starts in the weaving back to grounding is that when we're receptive to the natural world, it reorganizes us. It helps us remember our sort of original design or nature. It's like because we're resonant beings, it brings us back into alignment. 
And so the, the, just having your feet on the earth is one little bit of the grounding that a lot of people are aware of, right? Because we complete the circuit that way. So bare feet on the earth and there's an electromagnetic field and we're reconnecting to that field, that Native American or that indigenous, you know, take your shoes off, they're making you sick. And so we start to, there's a barrier there in between with the rubber soled shoes. So that's just one basic part, but it's exciting because we're remembering our relationships. Being in, in relationship again informs us and reforms us into, I think, what we're here to, to do. In that regard, you know, at our very essence, to the best of our knowledge, I always like to try to perceive that thing with the best of our knowledge. We are energy at our core. The very environments we live in are energy at their core. All of the things that inhabit our awareness are energy at their core. In that sense, our flow of energy and the flow of the world around us are sometimes in discord, sometimes in disharmony. We lose connection with those in that regard. Right. I love that, that you're bringing that to the, to the table because my view is that it's like there's this abstract reality. It's sort of human centric and sort of top down, sort of like the old paradigm or these sort of invasive thought forms, abstraction that bring us away from, I think, relating to what's already here. It's almost like we have to fight for in a, in a certain way that it's enough. Like the earth is it's enough. We are enough. And to be in relationship with that. I think it's the, the healing. But there's so many things saying we're not enough. You need more. We got to accomplish this. But maybe it's, it's actually orienting to the balance that's already here that's being reflected through the earth, which at the heart of that is the subtle world, which you're speaking to, which is so cool, right? But that's, a, that's already uh, in balance and it knows exactly what it's doing and it's pure. So how do we get in contact with that purity and how do we let it in and inform us? And, you know, you're talking about grief a little bit earlier before we got on. It's like also when you start to do that, it brings up our trauma and our grief and the realization of the loss of sort of that belonging. In that regard of often feeling like it's top down, you know, human beings with those things we experience below us. That can be such a misguided construct in a lot of senses as we lose touch with our humanness, as we lose touch with that fact again, that we're just simply returning to our source. Starts a lot of that trauma in a lot of regards. And I feel we'll get back to this in a moment. How does this allow us when we return to this notion of source to reestablish a connection with our experience, which in turn allows us to reconnect with the source and ourselves through that direct contact there's a remembering and when we're in contact with that and we're actually receptive to it we're letting it come to us and then we're tracking so like one of my favorite descriptions of shamanism is from the Zutihil maya they talk about belonging to tracking so like what is tracking for me it's it's pain it's how how astute are we at paying attention to our dimensionality and being precise with it and then allowing it so that it can flow. 
So when we include the outer world, like, you know, I do basically wilderness therapy, which very somatically based that you're learning how to track that interface between our physical body and then the earth as our body in that conversational nature of reality is the reality and it's sort of it's like takes more precedent over just the mind consciousness and it leads us toward essential qualities of self like natural forms of dignity you know when we're talking about the energy world we're talking about sacred geometries i think like when you start to feel that natural dignity i think if you had a shaman eye you would see the geometries right? <laughs> showing up in the physical body that is in the earth that is resonating as the earth itself. So as I was prepping, I did a little research on that very notion of grounding and reconnecting from that somatic experience, detailing grounding as a set of simple strategies that can help you detach from emotional pain. You know, going to one of the core sources there, detaching from some of those connections we have formed, such as anxiety, anger, grief, sadness, and self harm basically a way to distract ourselves from focusing on something other than the difficult emotions we're experiencing simply getting out of our own head sometimes mm -hmm. and getting into another state of being right i love that and, i mean you are in one way it's a distraction you could say but i think when it's consciously like you're orienting to the health that is in nature through grounding or through these tracking practices somatic work you're orienting to a wider ground of wellness and so and you're actually letting that in when that hits you there's a polarity right it starts to feel good you start to be able to rest in these states of you know greater well-being that are trackable and then as that ground sort of becomes established you're resourcing right you're reconnecting the source then those other things that you're speaking to, like the anger, or the grief, or the sadness, or these more contractive feeling states that are harder to stay with, they have literally more ground to alchemize, right? So the earth as a great holding field for transforming and renegotiating trauma. Because I think, and this is tangent, I guess, but one of, I think, the greatest traumas is the, the loss of the sense of known belonging to the to the greater family like there's been a disconnect there yeah so often we form a lot of those notions based on our biological and historical families and i'd have to agree that in that regard you know we lose that greater connection to that bigger familial body that is just humanness yeah I think, you know, we're designed to pour togetherness and relationship. And, uh, yeah, I think when we get in that abstraction too much, creates a whole world and not necessarily receptive or in, in, it's like disconnected from the dance of life a bit. In that regard, so often, you know, we find ourselves then as we're disconnected on that path of loneliness, that path of, feeling left out sometimes feeling isolated and at its worst sometimes feeling ostracized or castigated as we're moving into states where we're being judged that's a little bit of a disconnect from where we're going but ultimately showing where that road leads mm -hmm. yeah i think you're talking about 
judgment could be seen maybe as a sort of invasion uh, to the psyche. And I think maybe as we establish ourselves more uh, with the earth and with spirit, we we start to maybe one that we start to perceive it earlier. So we catch it, you know, as it's happening. And then two, maybe we have the ground to be able to see whose voice is whose and like where that belongs in the framework of our sort of boundaries of our wellness. So I think, you know, like with a somatic, we're saying no to judgment and these sort of invasive forces, like, you know, you're not enough or you're off or whatever it is. We have the right to our experience as dimensional being. And that's not fluffy. It's just basically we have our five senses. We have our emotions. We have our, a direct experience that we can be in contact with. It's gorgeous, actually. It's full of wonder if you're in contact with it. <laughs> and inspiration and creativity. I don't know what that force is that tries to kind of knock that down. But it, it's there, right? It's there. Perhaps our own insecurity, you know, the nature of uncertainty forces us into that kind of questioning, into that fearful state of insecurity. You know, do we have to infinitely know what it is that's out there before we just accept it in and say, but it is what it is? Well, yeah. And, you know, just speaking a little more to boundaries, too, you know, I think we need to support each other in conscious ways to say no, like an inner psychic no. Completing incomplete self-protective responses is the way they'll say it in the trauma world, right? Um, and then we do it in different ways. Sometimes, it's, yeah, it's that more mental sort of psychic noise of like, no, you can't do that. No, you can't be free to just enjoy life and beauty and get out there and work harder and, and get more and all that. You know, there's it's a fine line, right? Of course, we want to create and make more beauty, but I think deepening the relationship is where it's at not creating more for the sake of more. We've spoke about getting out there, out into nature to get in here, pointing to our body, you know, gesturing inward might seem a little bit contradicting going out to get in. Looking at that somatic experience, we're going to turn our focus inward as we've mentioned that somatic body, that somatic connection and that somatic experience being simply in meaning soma of the body and how that body then connects with nature, connects with the world around us. Some of the benefits, let's look at some of the benefits of somatic connection and bringing coherence to our somatic experience. Calming the nerves, calming the nervous system, lowering the blood pressure, releasing the imprint of trauma, both emotional and physical, increases proprioception, otherwise known as kinesthesia or sixth sense. In layman's term, proprioception is our body's ability to sense movement, action, and location. The aspect of intelligence, which is about sensation and control. It can also release stress and promotes better sleep. What exactly happens when we connect with the outdoors in order to reconnect with ourselves? Well, I think, you know, one of the you know, fun things is we feel good. We feel better. And it sounds simple, but I mean, so, I mean, we go out, sit by the river, you know, people go fishing. People like to get outdoors. Why? They may not know directly what's happening in their dimensional being, <laughs> what's happening, but I feel like we're actually designed to synchronize with the great mystery that is manifested into the form through directly as nature itself. 
and we are nature itself. So when we're in nature, we are getting into sync that original design and we start to feel good again because we're coming into resonance again. It's playing the drum. It's the living drum. <laughs> you know, it's a living drum. It's always sounding. And our my job as an individual these days and as a facilitator for healing is to to help others be receptive to that. Again, one of the main ways is our five senses. And for example, you can bring your awareness from your head to your heart to your belly. That's already a huge victory with trauma because trauma goes upwards towards our head. So if we can rest in our belly more and, and go out into the natural world and then with our five senses, for example, like just the sense of sight, you could let that tree come to you or that butterfly. I live in Taos, New Mexico, and there's these butterflies that that cruise through the canyon are like the size of small birds. They're amazing. They're huge. <laughs> and and if you have some of these skills to see, feel that beauty of that being that once we were right behind my shoulders today, I was down at the river this morning, kind of preparing for this talk. And I thought she was going to land on my shoulders. She didn't quite, but it was close enough to where I could, if I could track, I could feel and sense her or him, <laughs> butterfly, <laughs> and then see what happens in my body right under the skin. And that's a somatic doorway mm. to, um, you know, my teacher, Anna Chitty, who was a mentor of mine at the Colorado School of Energy Studies. She uses the term somatic blueprint. And I love that because if you tune in and receive these qualities from either a tree or from like that butterfly, I could feel and sense that, then it opens a doorway to more my essence. And so if you see, receive like a, a giant redwood tree, the same thing, if you're good, good at tracking what happens under the skin, there's a whole world that starts to open up. It's such Jeez. a beautiful experience to look at, mm -hmm. just moving ourselves into stillness and opening up to that acceptance. As we open up to that acceptance, we see how the world simply comes to us. Right. We're not chasing. We're not pursuing. Yeah. We're just simply flowing with the natural rhythm, getting back to that notion of yeah. the drum. And she's happy too. The earth is happy too. It's fine. Like <laughs> waiting, like patiently waiting for us to receive her. And then our, may all of our parts synchronize with her part. May my body synchronize with the river with all these subtle dimensions and then we slowly are being put back together remembering our body is literally coming back together with our outer body of Pachamama on the earth. Mm. You know, so often I feel we get caught up in that act of marching to the beat of our own drum or banging our own drum, making a lot of clattering right. noise sometimes. <laughs> yeah. What is that drum doing, but keeping rhythm when we think of our, somatic experience what keeps rhythm for us our heart mm -hmm. you know i like looking at that connection there if we might with somatic heart rate coherence mm -hmm. ultimately when we are in tune with things our heart is also literally beating in tune with that vibration of not only our experience but the world around us mm -hmm. yeah it's uh, a felt coherence the stillness and uh, the knowing. And I think that it brings us 
back into contact with the thread of our soul, you know, that thin line of the soul that reconnects us to why we came. So the purpose oriented, yes, our body synchronizes, our heart rate changes, our blood flow, everything changes. The chemistry completely changes. And with that, there's a, um, a resonance. And in that resonance, also with that resonance is safety, right? We start to feel safe. So we talk about the autonomic nervous system <laughs> is, is there. And, and that to me is it's a handshake between spirit and matter. It's a direct connect. So not only is our autonomic nervous system regulated, but we're more attuned <laughs> to spirit. We're in tune with spirit. And then we can start to have contact with why we are here. Not what society told us we're here to do. Not what the cultural conditioning is saying. But from our direct connection to nature and spirit, I think is sort of the revolution. Is going, you know, ancient future. You know, if we want to protect the earth and these, you know, start to make creative things, that's it's going to come from there, I believe. Not from trying to abstract it more and escape. Instead, more relationship in contact to the primary element, which is, the, I think, brings us back to the soul remembering. The indigenous soul is what Martin Cocktail uses. He calls it the indigenous soul, right? And that's no matter who you are, if you connect to your ancestors, you go back far enough. You know, there's a, there's a line there to our belonging. And so that disconnect is, I think, is there and is being healed and, um, you know, it's a whole can of worms and the social political implications of belonging. How do we start to feel that again when we've been displaced? You know, I live in the U S but my ancestors are from Denmark mm. and Greece and West Asia. So I'm not indigenous to New Mexico. <laughs> I think we and, lose uh, sight of that a lot of times where are our, right. our uh, further origins reach. Right. Yeah, and to pay full homage and respect to the original peoples of where we're at, and then the hopes of that we could get a taste of belonging wherever we're at. Like when I go down to the mm -hmm. river, or when I'm on the on the mesa, I'm doing everything I can to connect to the direct elemental components and, and the relatives there, paying homage to the original people. How can I support them as the leaders to that place, to this place in New Mexico? And that's my view is that the indigenous people across the earth are the true leaders and, you know, the ones we, we need to be listening to during these times. And the somatic world is so exciting because we can all start to remember and we all have the, we're getting the tools again to remember that reality. Turning this a little bit here into that somatic experience and looking back again at that energetic connection at alpha, beta, delta, and theta currents, which eventually, you know, surface within our brain. They're the currents moving throughout our body. Your brain has nerve cells that fire electronic signals day and night, forming distinctive arrangements called brainwave patterns. The very rhythms of your brain, you know, which also incidentally originate and synchronize within the beating of your own heart. These highly unique patterns are closely connected to your thoughts, your emotions, your moods, biological chemistry, everything you do, and really everything that you and I both are. 
also connecting with everything that is beyond us, not necessarily beyond us in that sense, yeah. because they're automatically, I just disconnected myself. <laughs> everything yeah. we interact with, let me shift that and bring it back into coherence. <laughs> oh, it's so beautiful what you're saying, because it's like, you know, it's like, you know, another one of my mentors, you'd say it's like sneaking in the side door. You can actually feel good first. Mm. And then when you feel good, you know, like we, we're such a, we want to fix the problem, but through somatic experiencing and these forms of um, remembering, uh, we actually start to just have that direct resonance. And then we can like track the openings and the, the pleasure and the pleasant qualities. And that opens us even more. And of course, the other polarities there, the traumas there and the grief and all that. But when we start to, to feel good first through these practices, then the mind, what's exciting to me is then the mind becomes in service to that. We don't need our mind so much, actually. Like it's more like a rhythm of belonging. It's more like a rhythm of that drum, the living drum. <laughs> and I think the, you know, the revolution is, is we're, it's an ancient remembering and we're getting into contact with that, you know, living drum again. And then that is what's guiding us, not what our ideas of what should be happening. It's we're taking a knee to this greater rhythm and then that's informing our action. And so to me, that's the sacred masculine that everyone's talking about. To me, the sacred masculine is deep yin, deep receptivity to the earth, belonging, reverence, to where it settles us so much and we feel so good. And all of a sudden that's where the, the uprising of creativity and action and protection, protecting our environment because we belong to it and we love it so much. So that was an interesting spin, but kind of right in the way of it can help purpose. It can get us on track with what we're doing with our life. It could help the feeling come back into a healthy balance. Why are we here as, you know, as the masculine identifying those that identify that way? Where does that come from in a healthy way? Is it taught me to know, is it about taking control and power over other, or is it about resonance, receptivity, belonging, and wellness, and then with that, the action. So it's like feeling good first is an amazing thing. In that sense, we're energetically and metaphysically getting our ducks in a row. In that regard, it makes sense when our ducks prefer the outdoors. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Our ducks truly happy inside. You know, I don't know. Do we ever ask the ducks? But yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it might be more safe to assume that they prefer the outdoors. <laughs> yeah, I think it's in the design, but yeah, uh, to to be in more contact that way. <laughs> In his research essay, Aggregate Frequencies of Body Organs, published in the International Journal of Electrical, Electronics, and Data Communication, Amit Sharma tells us, The human body is a symphony of sounds. Every chakra, every organ, every bone, every tissue, every cell has its own resonant frequency, its own sound. 
Whether when an organ is out of time or out of tune with the rest, the entire body is affected. This disharmony leads to states of disease and disintegration. This frequency plays an important role to identify the actual problem within the body. Vibrations are everywhere. At the quantum level, everything vibrates at different frequencies. Our lives are profoundly influenced by these vibrations. Even when at rest, our bodies emit a frequency. And the frequencies in our everyday environment greatly influencing us. We're just beginning to understand how vibrations and frequencies affect our bodies and how they affect our health. According to Bruce Tinyo, researcher and founder of Tinyo Technology, the healthy human body resonates at a frequency of 62 to 78 megahertz. And disease begins when the frequency drops to 58 megahertz. The frequency of our energetic vibrations matters. Happiness, sadness, anger, fear, surprise, and shame. Our emotions all vibrate at various frequencies and intervals as they form a dance of energetic interaction throughout our bodies, intermingling with the symphony of energetic waves weaving their way through all dimensions of our being. Jonah, I'm going to reel this back a little. I know we went really deep into looking at kind of that experience in the more kind of metaphysical of it. Let's look at what role trauma plays with our somatic experience and how reconnecting with the nature guides us back. Hmm. Yeah. Well, so yeah. So trauma is uh, trauma is a memory, right? It's usually not happening right now. If it is, then that's more threat different. So when we are working with trauma, we're meeting two time zones. Mm -hmm. We're having a living memory of something that happened in the past. And then simple way to say how we start to heal trauma is we meet it with with presence of the now. So as far as the earth's role in that, is it such a powerful catalyst as a doorway to the now? Mm. And as a great holding of the polarity of that trauma, which is safety. Because when we had the memory, we didn't have enough resources to actually be with our experience. And our, you know, our system also has very sophisticated ways of, you know, disassociating and, and doing these things that keep kind of protect us in a way. So, so trauma arises again so that we can meet it again with more presence. And the earth is just, where that and providing ground, uh, spiritual ground, and and presence to to hold these trauma. What better way to establish that solid ground than to just simply get our feet back out into nature? We literally, yeah, we're literally ground. <laughs> stepping we're literally out, literally, yeah, on a new foot. You know, stepping out literally mm-hmm. onto a new foot. As long as we're not using that playground as a method of avoidance. Right. Fine yeah, line there totally. that we're not sinking so far into escapism that we're disconnected and unable to form that new relationship. Yeah, I think that's part of the right the education part on our, you know, for me is like, you no, know, we have the Tao, right? We have expansion, contraction, and neutral or the spirit. And then when we're doing the earth-based work, the trauma work or the healing work, then those maps are provided that this is to be more contactful with our experience, not less. It's providing more of a capacity for 
um, being with life as it is so that life can be as it is through us. So it's like letting life be alive through us. So that includes the trauma that includes the, the deeply contractive sort of harder to experiences that can start to, to move and become. And every time as a trauma sequences, it gets us into greater degrees of our essential self, like compassion, dignity, courage, steadfastness, stillness, peace. These are all sort of the essential qualities of the self that arise through our sequencing of, of what we couldn't stay with, what we were. And it's no fault of our own. It's in design, I think. Like there was a reason why we didn't have enough resource for some reason to digest a certain event that happened in the past. So when we start to be able to do that, then we become more of who we really are, I think. So it's just a never-ending sort of, right, <laughs> unfolding as we are, you know, we ourselves yeah. Yeah. in all essence, never ending. Never ending Where yeah. do we put our perspective on that to align with it? Do we look at that never endingness as a limit or do we look at that never ending as the infinite potential it truly might be? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, you know, it's staying in the discovery, staying curious while the experiences are happening is the sort of fundamental to mindfulness so you could say like the somatic work is depth mindfulness it's it's being highly skilled at being with what is tracking the inner and outer psyche your experience while it's happening i think allows more of life so this is like actually the complete opposite of avoidance it's how deeply can we be in contact with life Mm. and so often what are we doing we're distracting ourselves with devices. We're distracting ourselves with vices. We won't go too far down <laughs> that conversation today, but ironically, our electronic devices are funneling electrical current towards us, not only in our homes and environments, but incidentally, via our handheld devices as well, leading strong cadence to getting outside, getting away, and simply getting unplugged. Yeah clearing out some of that clutter, not only in our brains, but also in our very real energetic field. Yeah. And what are, you know, just to flow with you is what arises for people to be able to have a direct experience of what we're talking about can be pretty simple. But once you get a taste of it, I think you, you start to remember that there's just this ocean of of wellness and and she's in her own balance, the mother mother earth that is holding us and is us too. Both. So in a way, our job, my job, feels simple is to orient to the outer psyche and track my inner psyche often, especially in the natural world. Mm. And yeah, to step away from hours and hours of being in front of the phone and the computer. And, you know, choosing to use that as a tool for more connection to protect life and our relatives, the non-human kind. <laughs> and uh, to include to, you know, when, I think once we feel included by the natural world and, and the non-human world, once we feel that again, then I think naturally we want that more. We want to protect that more. It's family. You know, loneliness yeah. is such a thing, right? In modernity, everybody's <laughs> so much loneliness. I'm never lonely. 
Never In that regard, you know, times yeah. we look at getting outside as being for the birds, you know, that saying <laughs> that's for the birds. Well, perhaps one notion of that is, is that we are out there simply relating with the birds. In that regard, sharing that energy, sharing that space, you know, we think so much of our interaction, our sense of fulfillment only coming from human interaction. Right. Right. We think about our pets, what deep love and connection we feel when we connect and nurture them, when they give that love and nurture back. Mm hmm. Man's best friend is what? A dog, according to most bylaws of human existence. Uh -huh. we've, we've equated that consciously to say one of our greatest resources in life is that connection with our more primal animal source. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and just, you know, the name, be careful when we talk about we, you know, there are people out there. Yeah. You know, <laughs> many people, especially like more indigenous yeah. um cultures that do know everything that we're saying and, and beyond and <laughs> you know i think there has been a disconnect and some of us are remembering and you know in that remembering in that felt sense of belonging and the this is such a disillusion of loneliness like that starts to go away there's a ton of grief in that mm. you know there's just so much grief there and grief work is a big deal, you know, now for good reason. We need grief as a practice, I think, during these times. And uh, Stephen Jenkinson is a, kind of a leader that way. Uh, Martine Prechtel, these two teachers that I really value as elders for, for that reality, you know, that the awakening process isn't all roses, right? It's, it comes with a lot of grief as we wake up to what's real what's going on you know we're often not cognizant of the many ways we experience that grief yeah right that sense of loss that sense of lonely that sense of longing yeah yeah and to get skilled at really being in contact with the qualities of that <clears throat> is informative and it 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 really shows us that it's our love you know, that our grief is our love and grief is a very deep form and primal, con uh, it's a primal connection. It's a primordial force, I think, grief is. Simply it's holding so reverence big. for it and respecting it for what it is. Yeah, and allowing it to kind of flow through the system like a wave, you know. My teacher, late John Chitty, he's like a polarity master, you know. <laughs> biodynamics, somatics, polarity, but you still always just say, you know, grief is like a wave. It comes and it rises and it will crest. And if we can kind of stay in our body and stay with it, like feel your butt on the ground, right? Especially the real, like on the earth and let it wave through and it'll crest and then it'll kind of go back down again. And it may repeat. And of course, it's better to have a real humans with you, a group to grieve proper. But just for those listening, you know, if you have grief, see if you can feel it as a as a sensation, as a force. Maybe even drop the content. Like the content's gonna access the grief. But you could play with can I just feel it as a force, as a sensation, as a quality, and let it wave through and sort of inform my psyche. When I've done that, um, and continue to do that, 
it informs me of how much I care about life, mm. how much I love life. You know, I love this planet. I love like the mystery. It's amazing. And mm. I could recently, I was kind of feeling like, wow, it's almost like we have to fight for what's already here, right? In the psyche. Like it's already here that, you know, Sometimes we grieve the loss of that sense of innocence in that regard. Right. Yeah, it is childlike. Yeah, and as we feel that kind of brokenheartedness, we hear that kind of well-worn phrase, time heals all things. What better way to spend some of that time but just simply reconnecting with yourself and your source in nature? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, you know, we're getting to the root. I mean, just as I talk to you, I feel more still, I'm tracking more stillness. I don't know if you can feel it, but, and then the, when the grief shows up, I think we're, we're getting closer. <laughs> <laughs> in a good, in the best way, you know, that's like, it can almost be happy about when, when the grief shows up. Mm-hmm. It means you're, something's, there's some truth happening, I think, you know, closer to it. And what a wonderful truth that can be. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I think we've touched everything we need to touch today, my friend. Uh, Jonah, you is there you. anything you feel we've left unsaid today? Well, I think, you know, one thing that just arose is just, you know, a voice for me, giving a voice to all of all of my relatives, all my relationships, and especially a voice to the non-human dimension, the natural world, and the the loss that's happening across the planet that way. And um, to help people, you know, a big part of my purpose is to, to help people, you know, myself and others feel their good hardness, feel and know that the earth is here and taking care of them and is loving them all the time and, and reconnecting with that deep sort of hearted belonging there's a natural desire to protect what we love and i think that's the activist side of me <laughs> the warrior the warrior side the gritty part that um there's a healthy kind of standing up and saying no when we need to say no to things <laughs> for the rights of all of our relatives and our indigenous human brothers and sisters across the planet are already deeply in this knowing. So yeah, sort of, I think just touching on the healing dimension and also how action can arise from our deep connection Mm -hmm. that can be inclusive to, and it kind of eliminate the enemy thing. There's no enemy. It's just that we have a right to say no when something we love is being harmed or disrespected and then even that where that harm is coming from we can all start to include that even which is kind of a radical you know and there's many people that can do that so that we don't get into like where we're creating enemies but we can say no clearly and um, yeah and then the last little bit is just to share that you know i'm available through zoom i see people and do the somatic experiencing through Zoom um, internationally, nationally, and um, that I can give these, I can support people with these tools to then go out to nature. Mm -hmm. So we do the trauma work through Zoom. 
but also I can kind of give you homework if you're interested in this earth-based work. And then I see people here in Taos, New Mexico for the in-person land-based immersions where we do like a two-day or a one-day immersion where I'm uh, guiding people out on, on walks or journeys and educating a little bit, teaching the tracking skills and then courting whatever is going on in their lives, you know, for, for healing. So, yeah. What a beautiful corner of the universe to partake yeah. in that activity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Taos is amazing. We're close to hot springs and yeah, it still has that relational wisdom with the, with the Taos Pueblo and the Adobe, you know, the feels very ancient and very yeah. primordial would be yeah. my word for it. primordial. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's got them living memory is still mm. intact here. The essence is alive. <laughs> well, I want to thank you, Jonah, for this connection thank today. Yeah. I truly have felt that love and energy flowing today. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so grateful for this opportunity. Thank you. To share your Likewise. knowledge and your wisdom. Likewise. Thank you. As above, so below. As within, so without. As the universe, so goes the soul. Embodied within this statement is infinite truth. It is an established, though not widely appreciated fact. The Earth's surface possesses a limitless and continuously renewing supply of free and mobile electrons. The surface of the planet is electrically conductive, except in limited, ultra-dry areas such as the deserts, and its negative potential is maintained that is, its electron supply replenished by the global atmospheric electrical circuit. Mounting evidence suggests that the Earth's negative potential can create a stable internal bioelectrical environment for the normal functioning of all human body systems. And within this state of somatic coherence resides the internal truth of human life. For no human being is as wise or as great as Mother Earth. We are but dust, and Mother Earth stands ready to nurture and heal her children. This has been The Light Inside. I'm Jeffrey Biesecker.